Rolled it across towards Wallace. Wallace controls it on the wet surface and does well. Liam Palmer will try to give him the overlap, but it's well covered. Wallace dips inside and hits. Oh! oh what a, what a goal! Strike that is from Ross Wallace. You don't stop those. Good overlapping run here from Prudel. Zhao waits in the middle. Wallace wants the cut back. Gets it! Ross Wallace sweeps Sheffield Wednesday into a sweet lead against Arsenal. They've lost two players through injury, and now they've lost the goal. And uh, down goes Hutchinson. He's well, he's on the floor. Shoot! And, uh, shoot! Well, the two players are on the ground. Oh, what a goal! What a stunning goal! It's Ross Wallace from nothing. I was watching the injury with Hutchinson. What a goal! And look at that! Wallace must be 30 yards out, and he's rifled it into the roof of the net. What a strike! Wednesday one, Huddersfield nil. Hooper. Very business-like here from Wednesday. Wallace, Hunt moving up outside him. Wallace has eyes for goal! Oh, that is sensational! Well, nothing's going to cut short their joy this time. He's had a few sighters, but that was bang on target. We're limping to the finish line on the Owls Americast Sheffield Wednesday opinion with an American accent. I'm your host, Jeffrey Paternostro, and it's it's uh we're doing some squad rotation this week. We're down a few regulars. I'm only drinking water. It's a complete disaster. We'll see how it goes. Uh, Patty's wife is sick. Paul's kid is sick. James is in England again and didn't want to get up at 3 a.m. to talk about Wolves Away. Uh, And Evan is just mysteriously absent. But I do, on the line, have Luke Andrews Hacken. Luke, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm not drinking anything. I forgot to get uh, something to drink before I came on. So possibly shambles. halfway this through entire the entire sh- show is shambles already. Halfway through the show, you might hear my throat close up with an audible like, and that'll be it for me. And much like Yas is playing Cameron Dawson to get him some first team experience, we've bumped Mike Laroon, who you might remember as our Portland Owl. To the first team this week, Mike, what are you drinking? Good evening. I am drinking, what do I have tonight? I have Maid Marion, which is a blackberry hard cider from uh, Two Towns Cider House in Corvallis, Oregon. Very nice. At least one of us came prepared. (laughs) It's a nice summer drink. Sun's out, so ready for the beach. It is. It's 90 degrees, or at least it was 90 degrees today where I am, and we are all on the beach. Wolves are definitely on the beach, as we saw on Saturday, but we will review a less than thrilling nil-nil draw at the Molyneux. We will go over the retained list and sort of the contract situation as we head into the summer. We'll also chat briefly on the Star Football Awards, recap a disappointing final game for the under-23s, and preview the final game of the season against Norwich City on Sunday. 
and we'll start with Wolves Away, an iconic match in the canon of Sheffield Wednesday podcasts, but not actually an iconic match in any way, shape, or form. Uh, we did get a nice bit of banter at the beginning as uh, Barry Bannon, Luke, refused to participate in the Guard of Honor for the champions. It's funny. I could only find that one still when I looked for this earlier. So I'm not sure if it's just like, you know, someone someone caught the video just at that right moment. So it looks like he's uh, he's refusing to participate. But, you know, it's it's uh, it's within his personality to do so. If, well, he, came, uh, he came up through the Villa Youth System too, so there might be yeah. a little bit of. Uh, I'm, I'm sure he's got leftover rivalry there. It's it's a funny thing. I can't I can't think of a corollary in uh, in American sports of of one team like that just doesn't happen. I guess due to the playoff system, you never have a, you never have a team allowing or or celebrating the other team winning the season that just I, mean, I guess happen. the equivalent would be like if you're there when the team gets their like championship rings the next season or mm. raises the banner or whatever because you see that in in basketball and, yeah but in baseball sometimes. even it's then not quite even the then the now. coach can keep the team in the locker room when that happens yeah so. there really True. is no uh there's no equivalent that would be fun even if it wasn't uh a little bit of banter from the ex-villain. Well, we can pretend it is for the purposes of this show, because again, not a whole lot to talk about. Uh, one thing I did notice sort of from the outset, and obviously uh, their entire fan base there was a little buzzed, either from the title or from the free carlings they were giving out. Probably not from that, though, if you can even bother to drink it. Um, a lot of the songs, Mike, sounded pretty familiar. You'll have to fill me in. I'm not sure what you're talking about. So they have the... They had like a... I don't remember their manager's name offhand now. But they had like a... Carlos had a dream riff and a, a We've Got Barry Bannon riff. And I know like in England there's only like seven actual songs you can use. More or less. Um, but in, on the one well, hand... I had, to, I like, had to break it to my son that Hi-Ho Sheffield Wednesday is actually sung yeah. many other, many other yeah, variations around also the world. So. Hi-Ho Wolverhampton, of course. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, in a weird way, it was like almost like a funhouse mirror of what what could have been if we'd won the title this year with the same exact songs, or at least the same exact uh, tunes. So it was very weird sort of listening to that at the outset. But uh, they should really just get their own songs. Come on now. Or, or we need to make up our own. Mm. I guess I guess this is the advantage of being able to listen to the audio from uh it's not iPlayer anymore. What is it? Uh, I, follow. I follow. Yeah. Um, Even when yeah, it's like because, ten or fifteen seconds behind, which it is most yeah. of the time. <laughs> well, it's it's the problem with watching the the match downstairs at the football factory is that the audio that we had was from a complete that was from the um, the game that was on the ESPN three or ESPN plus or whatever it was. So it was completely incongruous because whatever that that game was, there were like four or five goals scored, and we. You know, instead got to watch the ball go back and then go forth and go back and then go forth and yeah, but right. it was an audio experience. So here's the, I, I looked up the actual lyrics, and it's uh, Nuno had a dream to build a football team. Chinese owners brought a wonder kid from Porto. That doesn't even rhyme with anything. 
Uh, with five at the back and pace and attack, we're Wolverhampton. We're on our way back. It's not a good song for starters. That's that's a great lyric though. Chinese, Chinese owners brought a wonder brought kid wonder from, Porto. from Porto. That's mm. that's beautiful. Yeah, that's uh, lyrical genius, right there. Uh, on Redbubble, you can get the uh, entire song on a unisex T-shirt. For $19.90 in some absolutely awful font. But the t-shirt is ethically sourced. The Mother's Day is right around the corner. Yeah. Uh, so, actual highlights from the match. Cam Dawson looked pretty good. The few times he was pressed into action, Luke. Yeah, no, he, he acquitted himself well. Um we have a very interesting situation with goalkeepers leading into the summer. Yep. All three of them are worth keeping around, and unfortunately, I don't think we can keep all three. I mean, I think there's probably a scenario where they can send out Dawson on loan again at a lower-level championship or higher-level League One team to get him first-team action. I mean, he looks like he's a championship-quality goalkeeper. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like in Westwood. If even if they don't look to sell him on in the summer, which it's very possible they might, he's not going to be around forever. Right. I don't know, Mike. How would you sort out the goalkeeper situation going into the summer? I really think if the right caller comes with the right price for any of them, I think they. I would not be surprised if we if we take him up on that. Uh, I just think that's one place where, unfortunately, we again. I think all three of them have done great when they've been healthy. Um, but yeah, I think, um, I, I do think it's one place where we can probably afford to get rid of, get rid of one of my prices, right? It just feels to me like you never get value for goaltenders. Goalkeepers. It's very American. <laughs> goaltenders? What is this? It's the hockey playoffs. No, um, no. But it's just the thing that like, you never actually really get. I mean, this is literally like a David De Gea level talent it's just so many good goalkeepers at this level and sort of even in the in the low end of the premier league that it's tough to really find uh i mean like i'm thinking what are they really what are they gonna get for westwood four or five million maybe a little bit more i mean they might need it but right yeah you know he is coming off injury or he's had some occasional fitness issues over the last two years he's getting on in age though obviously it's you know goalkeepers can be but uh, I do think Dawson's the future, though. I think Dawson is going to be around. I think Dawson's going to be there for the long haul. Um, I think he's, you know, he's sh- I, like he's been playing well the last, you know, every chance he's had this year. So. And he had a few chances, though not too many, because Wolves seemed more or less uninterested in the game. Occasionally, Jota would decide to waltz down the channels on a counterattack and. The defense will be pressed into action, but despite Wolves being fairly uninterested in really doing much more than having a preseason friendly, they did seem well enough organized that Wednesday couldn't really break them down, Luke. No, no, they were they were pretty good at shutting out uh, whatever attack we we brought to them. It wasn't it wasn't a, a uh, it wasn't it didn't look hard for them, but you know. I think the the final count was was two shots, none on target, 
uh, depending on which static or <laughs> statistician. He's definitely with. not on target. Yeah. So yeah, and that's um, with that's with pretty fairly even uh, time of possession. So that's yeah, doesn't bode well. Yeah, yeah and they they, they had the fair share of possession. They looked you know fairly good in possession. It just it's a weird thing where we complained a lot about this year, sort of that sort of final ball in or that last cross into the box not being quite good enough to create a chance but it just seemed like there was a like difference in quality even with Wolves playing like they were just very very well drilled and well organized at the back while we were making what were very pretty series of last ditch tackles but last ditch tackles (laughs) yeah no we didn't I mean, our players clearly were, were keeping up, but yeah. tactics. I think I think you could tell which team was the stronger team, and and no one is gonna you know they they waltz the league this year. No one's gonna no one's gonna hate them on that, or hate on them for that. Except possibly Barry Bannon. Except possibly <laughs> Barry Bannon, as is his right. Did keep them from getting a hundred points at least against us. So got that going for you, I think. Is that possible? Can they get a hundred points? Uh, I think I believe they were on ninety-seven when they played. Uh... Oh no, no, ninety-nine. Wow. Yeah, hmm. so they can get. They got who's their last? Who's their last? Oh God, Sunderland. <laughs> oh, now we'll find okay. out if they really care. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, it really might not matter. Uh, wow! I'll go Sunderland four nil. Was this like the uh, Newcastle Spurs last day of the right. season? Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 Oh no, because Spurs has something to play for. No, that's true. That's true. Oh no, did they? Well, yeah, because yeah, Arsenal ended up finishing ahead of them. Oh, that's right. It was yes. Arsenal Spurs. One more uh, Saint Totteringham's day. Does anyone have anything else to say about this game? I thought no. outside of Dawson that both, you know, Forestieri looked good. And I thought Tom Lees is, was really well assured in defense and looks, I think, more comfortable sort of in the middle of the center back three than he did paired with Glenn Leuvens, which, to be fair, it's probably a little bit easier on him. <laughs> but it makes you wonder, wouldn't you have a game with so little on the line what is the coach looking for and then worse what can he actually tell was accomplished when you're playing against a team that you have no idea what how what they were trying to do yeah i mean that's a rhetorical that's a rhetorical question yeah i don't know um there are obviously players still playing for a contract as we'll get to in the uh in the third segment uh you know players trying to kind of secure a place in the starting 11 next year at least uh inside track for that depending on how the transfer window goes so i think there's well certainly not all for play to play for a little bit more than than nothing to play for 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 a lot of these players but yeah the the end result was a uh, boring and nil nil draw so we'll try to pick things up in our second segment as we bring on another of our new york owls yes it is getting close to the end of the season 
to find out how he became a Wednesdayite. Since the rest of our cast of characters has already mostly checked out for the season, didn't even bother to show up, we had to scramble to get another of our New York Owls into our interview segment. So welcome Greg Monteleone. And Greg, how did you become a Wednesdayite? I became a Wednesdayite through my wife, who uh, was born in Sheffield. And I've been married to her 10 years, and her parents and her brother, who still reside in Sheffield, hooked me into it. So I've been uh, addicted ever since, just like the rest of you. So what uh, what sort of gave you the itch for it? What sort of brought you into the fold beyond well, just I sort of familial a, relations? Well, I was a sports fan, um, and going over there and visiting... My brother-in-law said, first time over, he goes, guess what we're doing? We're going to Hillsborough. So went to my first match, and uh, it was an unbelievable experience. Met all his mates there and just had an amazing day. And uh, since then, just been totally addicted. Then I hooked up and found uh, basically the New York Owls and Patty through uh, Twitter. Went down and just showed up with my wife the first time and uh, have been going ever since as much as I can. Nothing better than a football factory at 8 a.m. <laughs> 7.30 this, uh, this Sunday for the last day of the season. That would yeah. be a trip. So how did you actually, you said you sort of followed New York Owls on Twitter for a while, but how did you actually find the group? Um, it was just really following uh, Patty and then realizing that he had meetups down at the football factory and then literally just walking in for the first time with my wife. And obviously, you know, my wife uh, and Patty uh, hit it off very easily because they had so much in common. And that's how I basically got uh, hooked into the group. I've been happy ever since. Remember the first time I actually, I mean, my story is pretty similar about how I found, found the New York House. I remember the first time I uh, I went to a game, it was Hull City a few years ago now, probably like five years, geez. But uh, I was sitting up in the upstairs bar, sort of waiting for kickoff. Like, I wasn't entirely aware there was a downstairs bar at that point. And uh, somebody, like a college-age kid, comes up to me and... Uh, at the bar because I'm wearing my Wednesday shirt. And he says, oh, are you the uh, the American Sheffield Wednesday fan? I'm like, I mean, I'm a American Sheffield Wednesday fan. <laughs> it turned out he was doing a, uh, like a college paper, like a thesis on, on soccer fandom in the U.S. And he was actually interviewing uh, our New Jersey owl, Brian. That's who he was looking for. So we eventually managed to, ma- to make our way downstairs and sort of... Uh, sort of went from there. It is an interesting place, as always. I haven't been in a while. I'm looking forward to uh, popping back in this Sunday, even at 7 in the morning. Yeah, those mornings are painful, especially when you're coming in from uh, the suburbs. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, Connecticut's just one big suburb of New York City anyway, so I guess I'm coming from the suburbs as well. 
so how did you follow over here before you found the New York Owls? I really didn't. I mean, it was just, you know, 10 years ago uh, when I first met my wife and I started going over to Sheffield. Um, you know, it's, it's just my brother-in-law and my, you know, my in-laws would send me newspaper clippings. Then I used to never tell them that I could get a, all the stories online, but they would still, and they still continue to send me newspaper clippings of the Sheffield star and everything else. So, you know, it was just, Becoming a, a fan, uh, like you and Patty, I'm a Met fan, so that's torturous. Um, so I just, I, 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 you know, I love sports, and while I don't think I was ever into uh, American soccer, um, I just got completely hooked on this, and uh, you know, now every weekend it's following it online, Twitter, everything. So, Greg, did you have any exposure to English soccer before uh, you met your wife? No. Can't say I was a, a fan at all. I just, you maybe you know, heard of something called Arsenal, and you heard of something called I, United. I have. Yeah. But it wasn't something that I watched. Um, you know, and it all changed after I got hooked on the Owls. And now I can actually, uh, you know, we get more football over here than they get over there. It's It's wild. So, uh, Patty wrote this agenda, so this question probably won't come as too much of a surprise. But uh, as an attorney, how many of the New York Owls have you gotten out of speeding tickets? <laughs> uh, I got an attorney kind of privilege. I'll take the uh, Mikey Cohen, uh, Donald Trump. I don't know anything. <laughs> uh, I'm amazed Patty got pulled over in that car of his. Absolutely shocked. I, yes. My advice to everyone is never drive a red Mustang. <laughs> That's free. Just, That's free it, legal advice. Tat- yes, it's tattooed. Just pull me over, please. So we are coming to the end of a rather disappointing 2017-2018 campaign. So what are sort of your hopes for next season? Well, I mean, this year was just painful, but I, uh, you know, and I, I don't know if I completely understand... Uh, who's in contract and who we can unload. But I think we have a lot of dead wood making uh, a lot of wages. And I think we somehow have to maybe get rid of some of those uh, guys and um, bring in some speed in the midfield. Right. (laughs) Um, I was bummed to see Wallace go because I always found him entertaining, but I think his time had come. So, you know, I, I definitely think we can, um, with what who's coming down, I'm not too uh, overly impressed with the uh, Premier League uh, relegation team. So I definitely think we can be back up there at the top fighting for it next year. Are you on board with uh, Yas getting a transfer window in another season? Yeah, if we have any money. Um, uh, <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but I think with what we have, if everyone stays healthy, we can definitely... Uh, compete for a playoff position. Definitely can't uh, drop behind the pigs anymore. That'll kill me. Well, I mean, so, it's, it's only as close as it was because of that one injury they had, Greg. So, Oh, I, I, I know that. Um, and the end of the season was pathetic. So uh, we were coming on. Give us two more weeks, we would have been ahead of them. 
mind the uh the the gap in the summer i guess at least <laughs> yeah we just need a we just need a third time around the league it'll be fine instead of home and home but yes i'm very optimistic for next year i guess in the end that is what keeps you coming back it's the optimism <laughs> And I'm waiting for the fixtures to come out because that's when I'm planning my September or October trip over there. That's got. Actually, I guess that's the next. Uh, yeah, it's the end of June, right? Yeah, I'll probably get them before the World Cup, I imagine, or just about when the World Cup starts. As horrible as it sounds, I plan all my trips and around uh, to Sheffield around the fixtures. It seems like James does too, and not that it's done him any good this year. <laughs> what's what's his record now? Go and three. Oh, he got a draw four. against Wolves, so. Oh right, yeah, okay. It's still winless, but it is a little bit better. It's very depressing when you lose over there, but just being in Hillsborough is just an awesome scene. I mean, he was at the Molino, so. <laughs> <laughs> and the pregame drinking uh, down the street can't be beat either. I think that's all we have many, for you. Go ahead. Oh no, I was just going to no, no. ask how many uh, how many times to get over a year? Just once, or? Uh, I usually go twice. My wife goes over a lot more than that, um, but I usually try to go twice. So I do it, like the summer there, although there's no football. So when the Jan- uh, when the in-laws took you, sort of christened you at Hills Road. Do you remember what the game was? It was the first one it was Rotherham I believe if I'm not mistaken because my brother-in-law wanted me to come over a few weeks before that and go to New York Stadium which I didn't do oh, you dodged a bullet there I did so I, I've never seen them away which is I guess something to experience although preferably at venues better than Rotherham yes <laughs> Lovely away day, that one. <laughs> it's close, though. And I think I'm afraid to go to Barnsley. How how come? I don't know. It seems like a rough crowd. <laughs> Are they even staying up? I haven't checked it recently. I thought they got a lifeline. They, uh, have, a good, last, they have a good uh, chance to stay up. If they all win or they all lose, they're going to stay up. Yeah, so they're yeah they're even with Burton, but head on goal difference. They just need a win. Why are they even playing? I have not done any of this usual. I think I looked at it earlier in the week. Barnsley, oh, they got a tough one. They got to go to Derby. Who well, who do you themselves? guys uh, like to see get the uh, second automatic promotion if you had a, a choice? Oh, Fulham. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I actually I, think the playoff is going to be very competitive out of those uh, four squads who are going to yeah. be left. I don't know if I have a real pick. It would be very Darby for them group. to finally like back into the playoffs and then get in from the uh, sixth spot. After all their collapses yep. and playoff failures yeah. over the year. There'll probably be someone boring like Villa. Yeah. But the team's coming down, I'm not scared of. I mean, you kind of knew 
the last couple of seasons, I thought that the guys coming down were going to go right back up. Yeah, I mean, West Brom is a little bit of a mess right now. That might be putting it mildly. Stoke, I guess. You'll have to see what they do in the summer. Southampton, I'm not convinced they're going to go down. I can see it being Huddersfield, because I don't think Huddersfield takes another point this year. You don't think our boy Carlos is going to come down? Uh, it's tough to say. I mean, it's going to come down to the Southampton-Swansea match this week, on the midweek, I think. Which isn't exactly yeah, a hot I take, don't see but... Southampton uh, losing that match, though. I don't know. Could be. Could it's, be in, it's in Wales, isn't it? I thought it was in... Uh... It was at Swansea. Uh, yes, that would yeah. be correct. Who knows? It does seem like a little bit of the the Carlos balance has started to peter out too. So we'll see if he has enough to get them over the line. It'd be weird. I wonder if he'd. I don't know if he'd come down with them if they went down. Yeah, I don't think he'd he'd make it. I think he might be a let go. His one liners. Are- <laughs> if he's gotten pretty quiet in the last week and a half. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Greg. I think that's all we have for you. But uh, thanks for coming on and telling us how you became a Wednesdayite. All right. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Despite having three. Americans, or really four Americans over the course of the show. We have no dispatches from American soccer this week, so we'll move on instead to Wednesday news and uh, a busy week of Wednesday news, starting with the official announcement of the retained list for next season. Uh, not a huge surprise. Uh, Ross Wallace and Glenn Lewin will both be leaving the club. You know, Ross Wallace announced that on Instagram even before uh, the club made their wider announcement, but I think two of the brighter spots in recent Wednesday history, Luke. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Lubens has, has been a, uh, sorry, Wallace has been a, a well worth the price of entry player. I mean, yeah. he's had, he's had some incredible goals, like in the, the attitude and, and humor that he brought to, to some of, some of his more memorable moments have been quite enjoyable to watch. And, uh, and I, 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 for one think that, uh, well, no, I, I, I think it was time. The, the writing was on the wall, but I think we'll, we'll have to do a lot to replace him. Definitely. Yeah, I agree with that. Oh, go ahead, Mike. I, I don't know if I'm the only person in America that's got the Ross Wallace kit, but I do. And, <laughs> um, he, he meant a lot to me. I, he really, I, growing up, I, was a, I grew up in Southern California as a big Dodger fan. And my favorite player of all time was their catcher, Mike Sosha, who's now still manager of the uh, Angels. And just he brought this everyman attitude to the game. And he probably didn't hit 50 home runs over his career, but he hit big ones and he hit key ones. He had this great, uh, well, sorry, Jeffrey. Yeah, I know where this home, is going. <laughs> yeah, he had, this, he had this amazing clutch home run against Dwight Gooden in the ninth inning of a playoff game, 1988. And that's when I looked back at Ross Wallace and the the tie against Brighton. That's exactly what I saw. And you know, seeing him, you know, you go back and look at clips of him scoring against Arsenal. It's just this every man, and he's probably not an every man. Of course, he's not. He makes millions, but nonetheless, you, he just seen, I have no idea how he carries himself around town. But nonetheless, just this image of this every man 
coming up big at big occasions. And um, yeah, I, I do think he, for I think for a lot of us who came along during these playoff runs, I think he really does epitomize a lot of why we love the championship, um, why it's such a great league. Um, and the other thing I'd say about Ross Wallace is that he's this journeyman who had this, you know, he had a nice career at Burnley and, and I think Preston, Sunderland as well. Um, but it's still, he was really relished and endured by by Sheffield Wednesday fans. And I'm really glad to see the outpouring of, of support, you know, since he announced he was mm-hmm. away. Um, it's very happy for him. And you always kind of like need a little bit of a wind-up merchant in your team from time to time. Yeah. Like oh, he's, he was great in sort of like those derby matches. Obviously, the ridiculous series of goals he scored over the last three seasons won't be forgotten. I mean, that Brighton goal is going to get shown forever, as is the Fulham one. Mm. And it was like you know John Hark's goal of the year kind of stuff. And he did just seem like a like yeah like a fun high energy. I always enjoyed. You could see the pace going the last couple seasons he was never a particularly pacey winger to begin with but like i always just enjoyed him sort of just basically walking down the right flank and just doing a fullback he like also, it was easy like it just it i'm gonna i'm not gonna do this quickly you know, i think they're gonna, I think they're gonna miss they're gonna yeah, they're gonna miss his crosses too though i mean yeah. it wasn't it wasn't so bad crossing from the outside no and he had a you know he had a even beyond sort of the you know, the, the Lord H branded uh, Thunder Chuffers. He had just sort of had sort of a knack for doing stuff around, you know, finding a scrappy goal here and there too. And, you know, of course, the he's going to be best known for the for the Brighton playoff goals, as, as he well should be. But I think it was just like, uh, you know, one of the more memorable characters in general of, uh, of recent Wednesday history. And he never got sort of like the song that like mm. Bannon did and some others, but... I think that might might be partially the reason that he's a little bit underrated, but I'm certainly going to miss him. And he is going to be, I think, as you said, a little bit trickier to replace than we think. Also leaving is, of course, Glenn Lubins. And, well, (laughs) it was definitely time, as we've covered at length uh, over the first season of this podcast. It does feel like, I mean, he was there for ever he was a david jones signing at this point and who did he actually end up replacing it was uh oh i don't remember it was was, i mean i don't think it was roger johnson but uh was that was that the year that we had uh gooch on loan yeah i think gooch came later that season but this is how long it's been that at this point we can't even remember like who he replaced at center back just because he's been such a such a fixture in the squad you know, he's gone through four managers, and while, you know, it ended badly, as it often does for, a, you know, a, a central center back as they start getting on in, in age, I think, uh, you know, at this point, he's been a good servant to the club and a, a should-be-well-remembered club captain. You know, he walked us out at, at Wembley. No, that's right, yeah. Yeah, I think the uh, the star had some social media comments today from some of the players, just you know, wishing their skipper the best and, and thanking him for his contributions. And it's just like that. I know we're going to talk about that coming up in a bit, but yeah, how are we going to replace that leadership element there? I think that's true. Probably both Luvens and Wallace. Um, you know, that sort of that we're going to be getting younger in the summer. I suspect, I suspect both as a function of 
the team does need to get younger and the squad's probably going to be uh, cheaper as well. But I think you do still need those uh, those leaders in the dressing room. And sort of those people that, you know, have the experience. Like I said, Wallace, while a journeyman, you know, he played Premier League football. You know, Leuven's played years with Celtic. You know, he's played in the Champions League. I think that does have... Uh, that does have value, especially over the grind of a of a forty six game season plus you know the cups and stuff like that. Oh, definitely, yeah. I think we'll need either to find. Well, I mean, maybe maybe we do promote a Tom Lee's or a. Uh, I mean, certainly, I can't think of anyone else that we have that that could carry that kind of gravitas. That, that well, I guess I guess you're sort of dancing around the question, but like, who's going to be the club captain next season i mean lee's has generally served as his vice captain um did you just sort of value that continuity or do you you know look somewhere else reach has worn the armband before as as uh as daniel pudillo who they signed up again for another season just I mean, one those are the three that i yeah um, go ahead luke oh no no i just i, I it was just a one-year contract yeah oh okay I, I couldn't remember sorry go ahead yeah i was gonna say um you know experience wise you gotta go with i think Lee's or Padil, but I still I don't know why not Adam Reach. Um, you guys can maybe tell me why he shouldn't be. I think he's too much of the, the field general. And we don't know. Again, it's hard for us to say what goes on in the training grounds and, and what leadership they've exemplified there. But beyond those three, I really don't see where else you're going to go. Yeah, I mean, and they've again all already worn the armbands, and I guess Lee's is sort of the most experience Wednesday night and it's kind of a cliche to make your you know veteran center back your captain but I think he's uh, well suited to it both in sort of you know personality and style of play uh, you know Pudio just being on a one-year contract I think makes that a little bit trickier you know do you sort of want to you know like Lee uh, Lee's and Reach could easily be with a club for you know another half decade I mean that's something mm. Something you uh, look to make a... No. I did, I did actually forget one person that did have the armband this year, and that's Eddie Newhue. <laughs> well, you know, we're I a mean... player coach. Player coach is also open, but come on. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I finally did track it down on uh, the Sheffield Wednesday 2013-2014 uh, Wikipedia page, which is very depressing. But it was uh, Anthony Gardner. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because he had the uh, Achilles tear. That's when they brought in Roger Johnson on loan. Right. And Stephen McPhail. Jesus. I I don't even remember that guy. No, I don't either. But the uh, 2013-2014 uh, Sheffield Wednesday Wikipedia page, which is rather quite extensive, uh, does mention that... Uh, David Jones was trumpeting the preseason signings of Eddie Newhue and Camille Zayat. Uh, so yeah, Lee's and yeah. Lewins did How's kind your, of... Do you have your Zayat uh, kit? <laughs> I don't have a Zayat kit. I guess there is a shout for uh, for Sammy Hutch to, to come in and step yeah, up just, and be camp sure it's just but, a matter of him being able to to stay healthy stay yeah. all right let's take a look at the first team squad in 2013 
This is this is great radio. This is this is May in the championship, huh? Gardner was captain. Rita, of course, was vice captain. Uh, Let's see. You know, Camille Zayat came in as a defender as well. You know, Lewis Buxton at right back, of course. Mm. You know, Samito in the in the covering defensive midfield role. Uh, they did get Gucci he is on there on loan. This is also the first year of Jack Magoma as well. JJ was still around. Kirkland in goal. Giles Coke. Was this the year that Giles Coke started with the World Eagle against Brighton? I think that was the next season, actually. Martin Taylor, who I vaguely remember. I think it was one of the other center backs they cycled through. Joe Matic, Paul Corey, these are all classic, uh, classic names. They did have one, two, two players currently playing in the uh, Premier League on that team. Uh, Mikel Antonio, uh, and right. they had a uh, Benicafobe on loan. Who is he playing for now? He's with. Bournemouth? Is that right? Yes. But he was on loan at Wolves this year, apparently. I do remember that, because he actually got in as a sub in the game on Saturday. You see how much I was paying attention. Yeah, the very exciting uh, 2013-2014 Sheffield Wednesday roster. It's, uh, that's all you got for us? That's all I got. I can start doing <laughs> the players that went out on loan that year, but we're just, no. uh, it's just let's, already... Let's, this let's, yeah, fun, yeah, <laughs> let's make this a regular segment, though, <laughs> just to pick a random year and just start going through it. I'm trying to at least get us to 45 minutes this week. I think that'll probably get us <laughs> over the line. Uh, so I hope you all enjoyed that trip down. Uh, remember, it could be worse. It could be worse. How, uh, okay. I mean, I'm that team didn't how. that team start like winless in their first 11 or something i mean i'm on the Wikipedia that's ringing, page this is something that's I ringing some bells yeah okay, yeah they won that, that was... first they won that first game against reading i remember in like uh september yeah because they oh yeah they went up to like um yovo went a man down and still came back to get a draw it was all I mean, very was... uh it was a bad team. Yeah, it was not a very good team. They did mostly... Uh... Oh, here we go. Yeah. So, yeah, they won their first game on November the 2nd. Wow. Against Reading. So that would be... Yeah, 12. 12 games. I was close. I think I would have memory hold that, but it, that memory is still in there somewhere. Remember that Birmingham game away being absolutely awful as well. So we'll go from the 2013-2014 team to a little bit more on the 2018-2019 team. So we know Leuvens and Wallace will be leaving the squad. Pudil signs on for one more year. Are we both okay with that? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You know, I think he's a good fit in the... At least the system Yas has, has been running. I don't know if it'll be the system going forward, but he can slide in on the left of a 
a center back three, and he can also play left wing back. So that gives, and he's been actually, I think, uh, quite good moving into that. I mean, he was always, I thought, a little bit underrated at left back, but I think he's been even better in the in the three at the back formation. Right. But they have offered new contracts to Eddie Newhue, Sean Clare, and David Hurst, among others. Uh, they're probably the three most interesting names. How do we see this playing out, fellas? I don't know oh. if you got the right Hurst there, but let's... Um, Did I say... Yeah. You know, yeah. There's David Hurst news later in the segment. That's probably yes, why. Yes, so let's go with George Hurst. That's fine. Um, no, I mean, we, we all... Atty's great. We, we want him. I hope they he gets more. I mean, I've enjoyed the transition from uh, you know and seeing him get his due time on the field. So I think we all agree on that. Um, George Hurst is a soap opera that I think um, none of us know what's going on. So um, yeah, it's possible this is just like a perfunctory thing that they have to do. So when they lose him in the summer and they get in front of the tribunal and they agree on money it's i don't know if it's it might be similar with claire too obviously there's been rumors of premier league teams in on him as well and you know as we said before there's only so much you can do when the you know when a top level english team comes calling new hue i do wonder though you know is there i like i suspect i mean obviously the team wants him to stay i suspect I assume he's probably still interested in playing English football. I do wonder if there are other championship teams that might have be able to offer him more money or a, a bigger guaranteed role. As weird as that is to say about, you know. I know. It, it, yeah, I mean, we, we say it's weird, and we, we say it would break it. We half-jokingly say it would this, but it would break our hearts to see him in another another uniform. But Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But... If they come, if someone comes saying, "Hey, you're our man," yeah, I mean, he's um, he's going to be 29 this summer, so he's a, you know, at the towards the end of his peak as a striker. Theoretically, you know, it's not a. I mean, he was a one in three striker this year. <laughs> he had 11 goals and 33 appearances, and a lot of those were off the bench too, especially early in the season. You know, his, I think his. I don't know how it actually ended up playing out, but his goals per minute ratio, I know, was very, very high on the team. That might be it. They just might be only offering him the one year, and he's like, yeah. well, I'm yeah. turning 29, not going to get another another offer somewhere else anytime soon, so give me more years, and they're uh, yeah, not into like, it. I don't know. Birmingham comes in and offers him a two- or three-year contract. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out, but... yeah. You know, by the same token, Wednesday might be looking to move on some of their under-contract strike force over the summer, and you know he's proven he can do a job, and he's, I think, a pretty good fit again for the for the system he also wants to play. So, you know, he's formed a pretty interesting and at times successful partnership with Yao up front. So. Well, I think he and Fessy work well together. And yeah, he and Forrest Jerry work well together as well. Um, you know, and even if you can... Yeah, just... but we got, we got to bring this back, though. What do we do when all of our strikers are healthy? All 13,000 of them. 
Um, <laughs> what, then, then where does he fit? And then, then, then we go back to the reality of this is, this is just this guy that comes in at the last five minutes of games that we're winning. No, put him um, on as a center back. Yeah. He's actually there a defensive header. Right? You know, if uh, Nielsen can play up front, you know, it's total yeah. football, really. Yeah, that's that's what we've Big, been looking for. tall guys that aren't very pacey and are changing between center back and striker. Perfect. I, I would pay good money to watch that. Yeah. Start and there is the there is some video of him uh, playing goalie, uh, you know, and warm ups. Of and, course. Um, of course, interesting stuff. So there, maybe he's our third string goalie. Yeah, I think to be fair, there's almost no chance the entire strike force is healthy at the same time, given their uh, I totally agree respective track records over the last few seasons. The under twenty three has wrapped up their season in somewhat disappointing fashion. Losing 2-1 at home to Burnley sounded a bit unlucky from the description of the game, but that combined with a forced win dropped them to third in the professional development league, so they were not able to uh, to retain their title. But I think overall uh, a successful season. And another goal from Preslav Borokov. Is it possible we see him in the squad on Sunday, the big Bulgarian unit? Sure. sure. <laughs> <laughs> don't sound so excited. Uh, don't don't make me think about Sunday. That's fine. Yeah, it's, it's like a four morning. thirty game for us. So come on. Yeah. All right. So we'll talk about the Star Football Awards instead. There are a lot of them. Most of them we will ignore. So we'll talk briefly about the two Wednesday related awards. Uh, Adam Reach won the Star Player of the Year as he picks up another piece of hardware. And David Hurst, yes, David, not George, got uh, inducted into the Star Hall of Fame, which makes me ask the question, why wasn't he already in it? That's the I, first thing I thought. I, I don't have a good answer either. Is this a one-person-a-year uh, induction thing? I mean, it was Could only be. David Hurst. I mean, I didn't really do... A ton of research. Is this an award that really matters? Star. Yeah. This is this is where we need the local flavor to explain things to us because we're all. (laughs) Is he the the first? Maybe he's the first inductee to the uh, Star Hall. That would be fine. Yeah. I'm now frantically uh, googling, so I'm sure I'm going to get an angry WhatsApp message from Patty later about all the typing on the. uh, on the audio. Oh, this is all just... Last year was apparently... Gary Speed and Brian Dean. Which, again, makes me ask the question. Why think, wasn't David think, Hurst already in the Star Hall of Fame? He wasn't. He wasn't eligible yet. All right, fair enough. We'll go with that. We'll just strict we'll, uh, rules. Yeah, we'll give them the we'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Well, I know you don't want to think about it, Luke, but it is time to preview the uh, Norwich game. Wrap things up at Hillsborough, and I'll be honest. Uh, this is I lean heavily on James for these segments for obvious reasons. But I did attempt to do some cursory research, at least. I started reading the Wikipedia page for Norwich, England. I learned it and was what in, did you find out? I learned it was in East Anglia, which I thought a term that my uh, 
British grandmother just made up. It's like a term for a weird far out place. Which I mean, it literally is. The reason they call it the <laughs> Old Farm Derby. And uh, I figured I'd scan over the Wikipedia page and try to pick up a few morsels, a little bit of fun facts to drop on the podcast. And I started reading it. I just got incredibly bored even reading the Wikipedia page. Wikipedia is not exactly known for a stellar, like, captivating content. Sure, but there wasn't even, like, a neat little cultural thing or a fun... Fun places to go. Yeah. Things to do. Any of those, really. Battle of Battle of Norwich in 1604, where something Are you on it right happened. now? Or are you just making no, that no, up? No, I just, no, I was just making that up. I mean, you could have said you were on the page right now. I would have believed you. Okay. Their chairman is ex-labor politician Ed Balls, <laughs> who is most famous, I think, for tweeting his own name once on Twitter. Yes. Yeah. Which I think just was that Ed Balls Day was recently. Yeah, was it? Yeah. I think someone someone in my timeline retweeted Ed mm-hmm. Balls from seven years ago, and I was really confused until I remembered uh, we can talk briefly about their form as much as that matters between two mid-table teams that were slightly disappointing and might be already on the beach. They have two wins and two draws in their last five games. The only loss was to promotion-chasing Cardiff. Uh, James Madison just made the PFA Championship Team of the Year from Norwich, an attacking mid- young attacking midfielder. Um, and it's probably going to be a fairly listless and unexciting game sounds great that's why we do the Jaeger shots at 7.30 in the morning mm, can't wait <laughs> and uh, we do have a New York City meetup this week at Football Factory at 7.30 local time lovely absolutely lovely we haven't had too many of those this year to be fair so well we haven't been on TV much that is uh it is part of the problem, yeah. I mean, not really a problem, per se. Patty has alluded to a New Orleans meetup as well in the agenda. He has not put it on the website, so I am just going to assume it is at 6.30 local time. They're an hour behind. Uh, at Finn McCool's. Uh, Mike, are you doing a meetup out in... Uh, Cascadia at 4.30 in the morning for this? No, we will not be having our uh, 4.30 meetup this week, so apologies to those who plan to attend. Um, you'll have to just enjoy the game from your home. I mean, as much as you can really probably yes. enjoy it. That's about it for us. We did, uh, I think I did get over 45 minutes, which was kind of a silly and fruitless goal, and may have been a waste of our time as well as the audience's. This has been episode 29 of the Owls Americas. You can find us on the internet at owlsamericas.com. Email the show at owlsamericas at gmail.com. And follow us on Twitter at owlsamericas. Our podcast intro and bumpers are by fellow Wednesday Ice Reverend and the Makers. Podcast is on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Podbeam, probably anywhere else you choose to download podcasts. There's no wrong way to listen to the show. Just do what feels right. Wherever you choose to consume the Owls Americas, we ask that you rate and review the show as it helps more Wednesdayites find our ramblings. Speaking of ramblings, you can leave the show a voicemail on our dazed and mumbled line 
at 1-401-307-1867. International rates do apply, but you can dial it for free using Google Voice. Luke is on Twitter at the Superb Owl. Luke, since this is our last pre-match show of the season, how about uh, for the road, a scoreline prediction, Norwich City against Sheffield Wednesday? Uh, I'm going to go 1-1. 1-1. That seems like a reasonable outcome. Who's the goal scorer for Wednesday? Uh, Jal. Yeah. Yeah. Mike's on Twitter, at Mike Laroon. Mike, same question. Give us a... uh, Give us the final result of the season. I hate to say it. It's going to be nil-nil. Hmm. Also safe but reasonable pick. But a clean sheet. Clean sheet. Good way to go out, yeah. And I'm on Twitter at Jeff Paternostro, and I am, of course, predicting a 3-0 Wednesday win on the back of a Preslov-Borokov hat trick.